appreciate you joining us. Jim and the Buckeye Boy from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. Lots of things to cover today. Do you think the Broncos will use the franchise tag on Draymond Jones? I don't know how to to read that. I really don't. Or I don't know how to feel what direction George Payton's going to go. Because Denver's had a history of finding guys off the scrap heap, playing the defensive line, the Shelby Harris's, the Sean mm-hmm. Williams. But that's not Draymond Jones. This guy they drafted. It's a guy that's turned into one of the rising stars at the defensive tackle position in the NFL. He's on the right side of 30. He's, what, 26, I believe? Something like that. And has had a big impact on Denver's success in their pass rush and against the run. If they put the tag on him, it'll be $19.73 million for this year. I'd like to think, boy, I don't think they'll get a deal done with him before the tag today. We haven't heard much movement on that. Maybe they'll surprise us. They've kept it quiet. I'm going to say, I'm going to say that they don't tag him today. That they feel like maybe they've made enough progress that they can get something done when he goes into free agency and that's how they'll approach it. Any thoughts on that in your, from your perspective before we start going around the NFL? I I don't think they tag him. They're getting so close to the deadline. I think that they're probably just as close to working out something long-term as they are to tagging him. And at that point, I would just kind of take the gamble. And so also today we've talked about how it seems like if you criticize Nikola Jokic or criticize the Nuggets that people lose their minds that are Nuggets fans or or cover the Nuggets not so much the Post or anybody like that but more of our friends at Altitude mm-hmm. which we we love and respect them yes but they also do seem to get very very sensitive if you bring up something negative about the Nuggets and about, in particular, Nikola Jokic. Which, look, look, to be fair, there there's not a ton to be negative about Nikola Jokic. Right. Back-to-back MVP, having another season where he could very well win a third straight MVP. But this is the way things go. They, they find things to nitpick after back-to-back MVPs. Doesn't play defense. Well, that's, that's not true. He does play defense. Is he is that what he's known for? No. no. He's not a shot blocking machine. He's not a guy that's going to go out and gobble up 20 rebounds but in a game. Who in a league of most 30 point games ever in a month was last month in league history? Who in a league is known for their defense? Exactly. And so to pick on him for that is that's a ridiculous thing came up with a big steal late last night, got foul line, we got fouled after coming up with a steal. Help the Nuggets clinch a comeback win against Toronto last night. I agree with you. I feel like that if you're a national pundit, you've got to look for something to talk about with him. You can't and go the whole show without talking about kind of prohibitively the best player in the league this season. You just can't do that if you're going to talk about the NBA. And so what do you do? You find ways to make it to where 
Nikola Jokic is not going to be your MVP. How do you do that? You pick up the thing he doesn't do particularly well. Like he's, he's not, not an for. elite defender. Like, okay, here's Jamal. But he plays defense. Right, here's Jamal Murray talking about Nikola Jokic's defense. I mean, they're just going off visuals. Who don't they don't really know basketball or watch basketball, you know. So if you watch basketball, if you watch Yoke, he knows he has great hands and um he uses that to his advantage and, and you know, he does it all the time. It's not just a one off. Now if that's coming from somebody like a Kendrick Perkins or somebody that's played in the league, mm-hmm. I I disagree with what Murray said there. Guys have played in the league, guys watch tape that 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 know what they're talking about. If you just have John or Jane, you know, average fan that doesn't like the Nuggets for whatever reason, maybe they're a Laker fan or they're Memphis fan, what whatever the case may be, or Golden State fan, then I'm like, okay, yeah, whatever. But if he's just being dismissive of, of guys that put the work in, played in the league, you know, I don't agree with what Kendrick Perkins said about Nikola Jokic. Right. That he he hasn't earned, you know, he's not play, playing like a he doesn't deserve another another MVP. I yes he yes he does. He, but he's, he's Jamal part. in there doesn't say that he's a good defender. No, he just says he just says he has good hands, and he plays defense. But he, yeah, he's not. But what once again, that's what he's not. He's not known for that. He's right. not shown for being a he's not known for being a shot blocking, you know, gritty defensive he's not guy. Takes a, yeah, he's not Dikembe Mutombo. He's a better defender than Kendrick Perkins, to be honest. <laughs> Yeah, to be honest about that. That's neither here nor there. I just think sometimes people get, once again, until you get there and win it, there's going to be criticism about yes. you. There's criticism about Nathan McKinnon and the Avalanche. Always leaving, you know, always getting knocked out, early exit in the second mm-hmm. round, never could get it done. McKinnon with the frustration, we haven't won bleep since I've been here. And that changed last year. When you get there and win it, it changes everything. And until you do that, you gotta you gotta be able to wear the criticism. Right. And Denver doesn't seem to do that very well at times. Not and those not that, the Nuggets and not really that building, right? And some of their more fervent fans. Right. Some of the more regular fans are like, Yeah, okay. They haven't won a championship. I know that. But they, they haven't made it happen yet. And so there are there again, it's like any team and it's not just Denver teams and don't come at me. It's any team. There's a portion of the fan base. This just happens to include their television partner that comes across like they are undefeated all time. Never lost a championship in the history of everything. Right. How yeah, he's going to be the MVP. There's no absolutely no doubt. Well, they're. There is doubt. There is always doubt. There's he's other won, guys that are playing well. He's but. won the last two and nothing outside of that. That's going to create doubt in the minds of voters. Like, is he really? And, and those that cover the league. Yeah. That's what I mean. Is he really the MVP if he can't get his team over the over the hump? Right? So he may not win it this year because the Nuggets haven't won anything since he's been there. As great as he is. That's going to be part of of the legacy that gets judged. Yeah. Did you get there and win a title? You went back-to-back MVPs. That, that's great. Did you win a title? Didn't win a title. And and, and so as a so and I and I get it, and that's the that's the problem 
It's a problem when you have media that work for the team, mm-hmm. like baseball baseball announcers that work for the team. Yeah, that it makes it tough to criticize. It makes it tough to be truly impartial mm-hmm. to feel like you have the autonomy to go hey i i think we don't do this particularly well i don't think this right this is a, a weak part of this team and or this is this a weak part of this player's game that's kind of a problem with every sport right you mentioned baseball announcers hockey announcers things like that there's a large gap though and we talk every day we there's something where there's a large gap right where there's nuance there's a large gap between i don't really know if i can criticize this team when it's deserving and you are not allowed to criticize this team at all, and I'm going to pick up the flag and defend the team against any and all criticism, no matter how well deserved. Right. Like, even if it's a team I cheer for, I'm like, come on. Let's let's sprinkle in a little dab of truth. You don't need to, like, throw truth salt rocks on your driveway, but sprinkle in a little flavoring of, yeah, he's not a great defender. It's okay to say that. It's so, all right. It's all right. Safe space. It's okay to say they need to actually do something in the playoffs. Not. It's okay to say you, that. You, you can't be great at everything. Right. Even if it's the job that you do, you can't be great at every single aspect and of it. There are people that are great all-around players, but you can't be great in every single phase and lose. But there's right? still going to be parts of their game that are not not a strength. That's what I mean. Yeah, they're just going to be... You can't be great. No, it's, you're not a great three-point shooter. Okay? You can't it's, be a great three-point shooter, great interior scorer, great passer, great rebounder, both sides of the floor, great defender. Well, what'd you do in the playoffs? Lost in five games in the first round. One of those things isn't doesn't wash. Absolutely. All right, so Dexter call us today. 970-242-1340. One more thing. We were talking about Kale McCarr taking, making the mm-hmm. comment, hey, we... Kale when we've been when we've been losing, when we've been losing lately, oh, it's boy. when I've been on the ice. So it's it's kind of it's my fault. We haven't. You've kind of stepped back a little bit mm-hmm. from that because initially yeah. you like, well, he's going to put a target on his mm-hmm. back if he keeps talking like that, and people are going to start because you didn't feel like he was entirely feeling that way. Yeah, and he may not entirely feel that way, but I I would rather have him be. It's on me that we've been losing. Eeyore about mm-hmm. his role and why they haven't played well lately. Then, who's Tigger? If he's Eeyore, who's Tigger? That's my question the last hour. Who would be the Avs Tigger? Who's the Avs Tigger? Is it Miko? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe? I think so. Is yeah. Nathan McKinnon Christopher Robin? Perhaps so. Maybe he'll uh, they'll all go for a yeah. nice skate into the hundred acre wood. I Landis don't know. Gog and JT Comfer, Kanga and Rue. Who's Owl? Oh, who's kind the, of, old, kind, who's the kind old of a, guy now? Who would it be Jack? Would well, Jack, be Jack, Jack, Jack Johnson or Eric back? Johnson? Yeah, it could be could be one of the Johnson. Yeah. the Johnson brothers. This could be a lot of fun. Maybe we should save this Asking for tomorrow too. We got a lot. We got a lot that we're throwing out there today. All right, so uh, this hour of the Jim Davis Show brought to you by Preston Lee, a country financial. He believes in building relationships, supporting the community, and serving others. Have a chat and let him help you protect the things that are important to you. Google him at Preston Lee. Country financial, it's time to take a trip around the NFL. Set! 
The latest on the Broncos and the league. It's around the NFL on the Jim Davis Show. All right, start things out with today the Broncos and the 31 other NFL teams have to make some decisions about players in regard to applying the franchise tag. Denver has until 2 o'clock today to decide if they're going to apply the franchise tag to Draymond Jones because there's really nobody else that rises to that level of, of putting the tag on them. Not really it, at this point. No, not not Alex Singleton or anybody like that. $19.73 million is what Draymond Jones would make this year if they put the tag on him. So... Denver could opt to not do that. As I mentioned earlier this morning, they've done it eight other times, and every time they've done it, the player that they've tagged has eventually signed a long-term deal. Could they get something done before they have to put the tag on him today? We'll wait and see, but uh, certainly there's uh, decisions to be made today on players, for example, like Lamar Jackson, the Baltimore Ravens MVP winning quarterback, whether or not they will put the tag on him today. So... We'll start out with some Broncos news this morning. And we'll start out with more shade being thrown at Russell Wilson, centered around the relationship that he has with Sean Payton, that uh, Matthew Barry was at the Combine. Remember Matthew Barry from working over at mm-hmm. ESPN? And he Capologist had, guy. Yeah, he? and uh, what fantasy guy wasn't Matthew Barry? Yeah, yeah, that's right. You're right. Fantasy did he, guy. Did you, do a fan, did you do fantasy stuff with him, I believe? But he worked on ESPN. Mm-hmm. And when he was at the Combine, he uh, had a piece about uh, what he learned at the Combine. And a source told Matthew Barry that Sean Payton may not like Russell Wilson. I don't think Payton likes Russ. He's got one year to prove himself or Payton will move on. And according to this article that that the source pointed out that Peyton has said multiple times in public on the record how Russ keeps bothering Drew Brees. Peyton tries to play it off with a laugh, but my source doesn't think Peyton actually thinks it's funny. And that it's going to be a, a one-year audition for Russ to prove to Sean Peyton that he is the answer at quarterback for the Broncos. Do you think? Do you think that's really bothering Sean Payton that that Russ calls Drew Brees, uh, which is a neighbor who Russ lives like right down the street or whatever from from Drew Brees? Could it bother him? Sure. Is it bothering him to the point to where this is a report? Probably not, because I would think that if Russ is bothering Drew Brees to the point that Brees is complaining to Sean Payton about it. Isn't now Drew Brees bothering Sean Payton while he's trying to work? Yeah. I mean. <laughs> How about, Drew, just tell tell Russ, Russ, stop calling me. Is, stop exactly. texting me. He may be 5'9", but he's a grown-ass man. You know, Just tell him, leave me alone. I'm, I'm retired now. Right. Leave me alone. You know, or does, Drew Brees still has his own dad, you'd think. Make him take care of it if he has to call Sean Payton. Something else from Matthew Barry as we go around the NFL that, and this is a kind of a follow up to a report that came out a while ago. Remember, there was the story about the Broncos might try to trade Garrett Bowles and Cortland Sutton. Mm-hmm. Well, once again from Matthew Barry, that uh, the Broncos might be quietly shopping Cortland Sutton, that they aren't actively pushing him, but seeing his value and could trade him if they can get a decent enough offer. So if somebody makes the phone call. They could very well end up trying to to trade Cortland Sutton. 
also there's the report that the Broncos are concerned about Javante Williams and about his recovery from his knee surgery. And that uh, Mile High Report says that uh, the Broncos could be looking at maybe bringing in Kareem Hunt or David Montgomery in free agency because the concern about Javante Williams and his availability to start the season. I would be absolutely concerned about that. Not not because I have any inside information and potential setbacks or anything, but damn, he tore his knee up. And not and, just the ACL, he tore other ligaments in his right. knee. And it's not essential. It is not absolutely essential for him to be their opening day this year. And I would... Th- I would go into the season, whatever you get from Pookie is a bonus. That's your expectation. That's the baseline expectation for Javante Williams. Because I don't know how quickly he's going to come back from this. I don't know how, what the timeline is, where he's going to be 100% ready to go. I just, I don't know. And I would go into the offseason. I would go into training camp and the first couple months of the season not expecting him at all rather than expecting him and then not having him if you have to cut David Montgomery because Javante Williams is healthier quicker than we expected sure okay yeah but if you have to go and find a guy off the street in August because oh man our dude's not gonna be ready to that's that's not going to well, get you as good a player. And and look, in the addition, mostly of Montgomery here, who's only 25, mm-hmm. that for the Bears last year, 108, one yard, 108 yards, 101, 801. Let me go, Jim. It's Tuesday morning. Feels like a Monday. Yeah. 801 yards. He averaged four yards per carry. He had five touchdowns. And he had 34 catches for 316 yards and a touchdown. That's that pretty good production. Yeah. Considering... Justin Fields. And he's used to being the second best runner on his team. Exactly. And then for Kareem Hunt, who played behind, of course, Nick Chubb. Mm -hmm. Chubb got a lot of carries. 123 rushes, 468 yards. He averaged just under four yards a carry. Three touchdowns. He had 35 catches, 210 yards, and a touchdown. He's 27. So neither guy is long in the tooth. There was one point Kareem Hunt was the feature back in Kansas City uh, before the situation with the woman in the hotel lobby. For me, in the I hallway. would be more worried about Kareem Hunt because guy kind of, it's a grass always greener guy, right? It's maybe, well, they wanted they wanted me gone in Kansas City because of what I did, which is rightfully so. Absolutely. I'm going to go to Cleveland. I'm going to go to my hometown team. i play for my home. Well, I don't like being here because they have Nick Chubb of all you know, that's kind of his vibe, but Nick Chubb's a better running back than he is. Montgomery to me would, would be the better answer of the two. Be a much better fit. Yeah, for the Broncos going forward. Also, there's the story out about how Sean Payton this is from Peter King, by the way, mm-hmm. is going to uh the, the, this is from Peter King that Sean Payton told him that there he's going to put an old car front and center in the parking lot so all the players and coaches will see it. He said he'll have the rearview mirror plus the side mirrors removed from the car. As he said at the Combine, he wants his players and his new organization to look ahead and not behind at the nightmare that was the 2022 Broncos season. So if you see, strip down old jalopy alongside some very nice vehicles in the Broncos parking lot this season, you'll know why. 
Is this a little too gimmicky? Too much shtick? Yeah, but is if he puts it in one of Russ's three parking spots, it'd <laughs> be hilarious. It'd be fantastic. Then we really know that report was true. It is. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, he annoys me so much, I put this Dodge Dart in his spot. It, yeah, it's gimmicky. It's real gimmicky. But it sends hey, a know, message, I guess. That, if it's gimmicky uh, and it works, doesn't matter how gimmicky it is, right? Long, long if it does send some kind of message yeah. to the Broncos if they, players. If he sticks that in the parking lot and they go 7-10, and 10, then that was a dumb gimmick. It looks really stupid. Yeah. It didn't work at all. He sticks it in there. They go eleven and six. Like okay, maybe Sean Payton knows the right bushes to push, right? Huh. See, it it all depends on how they do. All right, one more here from around the NFL this morning. Get away from the Broncos for a moment. Of course, Derek Carr is now in New Orleans Saint. Signed a four year mm-hmm. deal yesterday, so he is out of the running to maybe be the Jets quarterback. But according to former ESPN host Trey Wingo, who put this on Twitter last night, per sources, Aaron Rodgers and the Jets had conversations today. Well, nothing is imminent. Rodgers is open to the idea of going to the Jets. But the problem is Packers giving Rodgers permission to talk to other teams. We don't know if they've done that or not. Aaron Rodgers is the type of guy to not really care if Probably he's not. got permission or not. Probably would not, not give a, a hoot about that. All right, so we'll see where all that goes. Okay, it's time for... To a play record, Stadium Cinema. Know your sports TV shows and movies? Let's play Stadium Cinema on the team. Yes, first correct answer on the Chick-fil-A text line, 970-242-1340. Gets the uh, downtown double play with Triple Play, a $20 gift certificate to our friends at Triple Play Records. And a small antipasta salad courtesy of Junction Square. These are only on the text line. This legendary question mark it's definitely old sports movie fans here are going mildly insane as the hero of yesterday's game walks slowly in from the cardinal bullpen that is not robin williams by the way (laughs) does sound like robin williams though it is not robin williams i'm almost certain all right so first correct answer today get a Gift card to Triple Play Records on Main Street, where it's uh, well, weather's starting to look really nice. Oh, yeah. Disc golf season, it's underway, so mm-hmm. uh, make sure you stop by there. Or if you're looking for some sweet vinyl uh, on Main Street, Triple Play Records, also you get a small antipasto salad from Junction Square Pizza. We call it the Downtown Double Play with Triple Play and Junction Square. All right, text in your answer right now to the Chick Fil A Breakfast Team phone line nine seven zero two four two thirteen forty. Listening to the Jim Davis Show on the Team 101 FM 1340 AM Grand Junction. Talking Palisade Bulldog Sports on the Jim Davis Show. And Palisade Bulldogs baseball coach Nate Porter brought to you by the Rick Nelson Agency and American Family Insurance for a free comparison. Call this team of licensed professionals at 970-241-0078. Nate Porter joins us on the Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line. Good morning, Nate. How are you? I'm doing well, Jim. How are you today? Uh, doing fine. Of course, uh, the Fanning Classic this week. You get the season started this week, but let's quickly go back to, to last season, which was such an incredible season. You went 12-0 and to win uh, the Western Slope League title, 24-4, and as you qualified for the, uh, the state baseball tournament. Uh, had a nice run there before, unfortunately, seeing it come to an end against Devlin, uh, that 13-2 to loss. 
uh, over uh, on the Front Range over in Colorado Springs in the state baseball tournament. But uh, last year, you know, certainly uh, a, a lot to be thrilled about for that team last year. As we kind of close that chapter, as you get ready to open up a new chapter for this season, but just take me back to last year a little bit, Nate, because it was such a special season for your club. Yeah, it was. Uh, we worked really hard all year, and the kids bought in very early. And uh, I think our first game or second game of the year, we played a, I believe it was Heritage at the time, was ranked, ranked pretty high in 5A, and we competed, lost 3-2, to two, I think it was. And um, I said, do you guys finally believe that you can make a run at it? Because it was, there's a confidence level there you know, that whether or not they thought they could do it. And after that game, um, they believed they could. So uh, we went on a good run and we played hard. And, you know, you obviously want to win your last game. But um, just the fact that the kids made it, we just we just ran out of steam against the Evelyn in that, that, that second game of that uh, first weekend. But uh, I was so proud of the kids. Their work ethic, their attitudes all year were great. And uh, it, that was a fun program, a uh, fun year, a uh, fun group of kids to coach. And uh, this year I feel – kind of the same way we've got a lot of kids buying in early and um i think it's i, I predict there's somewhat of a repeat of last year to really be pretty competitive well you lose some talented players an all-state player and Ryder mancuso is now uh, doing really well over at uh, ucs over in Colorado springs uh malicio perez you lose him to graduation as well among others but uh brett rosman's back all-state player for you uh, i know we had brett on when he was going to go uh, play in that showcase game here uh, several months ago but uh, Brett hitting 518 last year, uh, one of the you know one of the outstanding home run hitters in the state with 12 home runs last season. Never hurts, uh, Nate, when you have a guy like that uh, back on your ball club. No, Brett's going to ma- make a great leader. Um, he was a good leader last year, and I think he's going to be an even better leader this year. Uh, back to Ryder real quick. You know, he, he went over there and played for Coach Dave, and, and Dave sent me a text yesterday. Uh, last night and said, uh, just want to let you know, Ryder is exceeding expectations over here already. So it's, it's great to hear that, you know, one of our alumni is making waves at a four-year school, and um, I've watched him throw a little bit on online. And um, and so anyway, back to Brett. Uh, yeah, Brett, Brett puts in as, as, as much time uh, of anybody that I've ever coached or played with. Uh, he definitely puts in the effort, and he lifts the weights, and he hits, and uh, he strength training. Um, so everything he gets, he's earned. Um, and he had a good year last year, and we have some, he's got some pretty high expectations of himself this year. Another guys you have back, uh, Riker Harsha, who hit 416 for you last year. He had 32 RBIs. Josh Zotto, who, of course, just wrapped up the basketball season, hit 360 for you last year uh, with, with 21 ribbies as well. Uh, Braden Blanc hit 343 for you last year as well. So lots of, uh, lots of good bats returned for the Bulldogs in 2023. Yeah, Riker's done real well. He's worked on his swing, staying a little quieter, and uh, he's been swinging the bat well. Um, Josh, obviously, is a good athlete. He's good on the mound. He's a good shortstop. Uh, he's a good hitter. Uh, Nick, you know, Nick Campbell, uh, another returner, was uh, had a really good year last year, but I think expecting even more this year because he's just a fun-loving kid that enjoys the game and plays hard whenever he plays. Um, and Braden, you know, Braden's been up there at basketball at Plateau Valley. They made it to the state uh, tournament so we haven't even seen Braden yet uh because he's been playing basketball up there but uh after this weekend he'll so he won't be there you know this first Bill Fanning Classic but but he'll be coming back hopefully after after that wraps up and of course uh Plateau Valley plays Thursday night against Ray and so uh if uh if you're 
if you're him, you're hoping that it uh, goes into the weekend and a chance to, to bring home a, a state down to the western slope up at uh, Plateau Valley. We're talking with Nate Porter, Palisade Bulldogs baseball coach. Mentioned how well Ryder Mancuso is doing at UCCS, uh, Nate. But uh, you, you lose him after a, a great season last year. Uh, also, Aiden Bevan uh, threw some innings for you last year. Malacio Perez as well that's uh, at, at Trinidad State. So you do have, though, back uh, a guy in Riker Harsha, Josh Zotto on the bump uh, that pitched for you last year as well. You also had uh, the young guy that uh, threw a little bit for you last year as far as your freshman and Christian Herrera. So got some arms coming back. You lose some really good ones, but uh, return some uh, some of that talent from last year on the bump. Yeah, uh, Riker and, and Josh are obviously going to be uh, right now. They're, you're penciled in at one and two. Um, and then Christian Herrera, he threw really well uh, during some scrimmages that we we did in house. And then uh, uh, we see we plan to see Nick on the on the mound. He threw a three out fight yesterday and did good. Got out of it. Um, Asher Morby's another guy that is uh, kind of was his freshman last year and he came out and he's throwing really well. And then one guy that's not really known about yet, his name's Garrett Draper. Uh, Garrett, he put as much time uh, as anybody as well uh, in the off season working on his mechanics, working on his arm strength. Uh, his legs, his balance, and he he threw really, really well in our scrimmage. And I'm expecting to see some good things about him. He's a sophomore this year, played freshman in JV last year, uh, but he's going to get some. He's going to definitely get some time this weekend pitching uh, in the Bill Fanning on varsity. Nate Porter, Palisade Bulldogs baseball coach, with us today on the Team Sports Network. You open up with Prairie View, a uh, team that you faced last year at the Fanning Classic, and, and you beat them 15 to five. And they, they do return a, a really good player from a from a hitting standpoint, a freshman that had a really good season for them last year, uh, that, that led the way in the in the twenty three games that he played. And Cherry um, Stone Stone hit uh, last year five hundred. He had twenty eight RBIs. He had eight doubles last year and uh, four home runs. So it's Prairie View that uh, went thirteen and ten last year, and a team that you saw uh, in this tournament last year. Yeah, you know, we kind of look at their stats as we go, and I'm, I'm a little bit addicted to that Max Preps website, getting on there and seeing who they're returning and, um, you know, look at the innings pitched. And they had mainly their main pitching was uh, two freshmen uh, and a junior. Um, they had one senior that threw 18 innings, but there was a junior that threw for them last year, last name uh, Blea, and he threw 52 innings for them. And uh, he threw, you know, 82 strikeouts in 52 innings. So he had a he was, he was obviously their stud, and who knows if we'll see him opening up. I would imagine we would, but you never know. But either way, you know, you, you, you face who you face. And um, Paul Kane made a good point last year when we were talking about playoffs is in order to be the best, you got to beat the best. And so we're, we're going to approach every game like that, that, you know, we've got to play against the ball. And, and whoever they throw at us, we're just going to do whatever it takes to win. Last year with the, the deep run at State and the success you had last year, another Western Slope League title, undefeated uh, record. I mean, that's become kind of the norm for this program. That That is just kind of the expectation now, isn't it, for your ball club? It's it's not just about winning another league title. It's about doing what you did last year, getting to state, making a deep run, and maybe finding a way to, to hoist that trophy. And um, It seems like your guys accept the weight of that responsibility, Nate, and, and those expectations. They do. The, uh, you know, the Western Slope League is... Um you know, it's something I've petitioned uh, with the district and with Chassa, and and, it, and I, I think it's the public, but we've talked about it. We're going to, 
you know, we're going to be going into the Southwest League in two years. We've got two more years in the Western Slope League because we petitioned to get into the Southwest League to be more local, uh, help with travel schedule, and also face a little bit better competition. So our kids are very much expecting every year to, to win league, no matter what league we're playing in. That's our goal. And then, uh, you know, that's the first step of a few that we're bringing on upon ourselves. You know, we want to get into the state. In order to get the state, you got to win regionals. So um, the state championship and is, is every coach's dream to be able to see their kids with all that effort to, to get to that last game and and that's tough you know there's there's a lot of good players out there in Colorado and in every level so um, that is that is our expectation though Jim I you know I, I expect our kids to work hard all year to get to that last game and if everything works out and the ball bounces our way then you know it happens that's great yeah I, I want to follow up on what you just said about joining the Southwestern League in two years so, so where does that stand right now? Is that something, Nate, that, that will happen in two years? Is that going through the process right now through, through Paul Kane, the district, and, and Chass? So where, where does that sit right now in terms of you joining the Southwestern League? My understanding is once you apply and you appeal and it, and it gets approved, it's a two-year process um, because you set your schedule every two years. And, um, and so we talk to the athletic directors of every Western Slope League um, team and let them know that after two years we're going to be going into the Southwest League. And so uh, that's 100% my understanding. We've talked to RAD about it. And, um, you know, the goal is for, for several reasons. You know, Montrose is 4A there in Southwest League. Durango's 4A there in Southwest League. Junction's now 4A uh, there in the SWL. And so Fruit would be the only 5A team that my understanding, unless Central is still 5A, I'm not sure. But, I mean, we've got all these local teams here, and, I just I, I've been petitioning for it for a while because since I've been at Palisades, I think it's a great. It gives you that great, uh, you know, that competition and that and that uh, uh, you've got the rivalries of the different schools, just cross town rivals, and that stuff's really important, I think, for high school kids. And uh, you know, it took a while because it's hard. You know, it's not just baseball. We got to think about basketball and, and think about volleyball and all those other sports that uh, also potentially could be in the Southwest League. So it's from the baseball side that I was focused on, and I think I'm excited about it because I want to play I want to play Fruit every year uh, for a league title. I want to play Montrose and Junction and Central and Durango. I mean, those are all, you know, good schools that are going to create some good competition. All right, Nate, I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Chris. We're going to have coverage of uh, Thursday and Friday's games of the Fanning Classic, uh, including Palisade right here on the team Sports Network. Nate, I appreciate it. Thank you so much, and look forward to another uh, baseball season covering the Bulldogs. Thanks, Jim. Take care. Nate Porter, coach of the Palisade Bulldogs. All right, so in two more seasons, Palisade will be a member of the Southwestern League in baseball. At least that's what all all indications are. Where you're right. That's going to be a lot of fun. be a lot of fun. And I know last year when, when Palisade hosted Fruta, out at, out at their place, out of the game out there. Mm-hmm. And you could see for, for the Palisade kids, I mean, the Fruity kids were certainly fired up there because Palisade was on a, a long winning streak at that yeah. point in time. And it was there was, a, there was a lot of competitive juices flowing between two programs that don't play in the same league. Mm-mm. And it, it had very much a an intensity of a league championship was on the line of maybe a playoff game. It had that kind of vibe to it. Really good crowd on hand for, for both schools out there. Yeah. And so I I I applaud Nate for making you know making that decision to say let's 
let's go play in the Southwestern League. Not not to knock the the quality of competition that you know Troy Phillips had at Rifle or or other members of the the Western Slope League over the years. But sometimes in the Western Slope League, Palisades dominated that league. Palisades though. dominated, but also they send the baseball team up Valley, let's say, and they play ten innings, a doubleheader. They win, you know, eighteen to one and seventeen zip, and then come home. Uh, yeah, they're they're two and zero on the trip, but they didn't really get anything out of it, right? But in you terms didn't learn of... much about yourself in the win because you're dominating the competition. It's a no-win situation. Okay, you're supposed to beat this team by 15 runs. Anything less is, man, we should have been better. Now you get in the Southwestern League. Montrose is always good. Always good, scrappy. Landon's teams are always a, good. Got a scrappy bunch down there. We'll see what Cy Espinosa does with Grand Junction, but they are always game for, for a battle, right? Chuck Yost to Central, Casey Sullivan out of Fruit of Monument. I mean, your every league game is going to be, you know, whatever. Use your favorite line, nip, tuck, scratch, and claw, you know, fingernail, bite, whatever you want to use. Every single game is going to be something like that. That they're always going to be, yeah, there's going to be like it is when for to play central mm-hmm. Montrose and they, they play the teams here. It's, it's always just such a, a great, great rivalry. Yeah. And I just, you know, I, I applaud Nate for one, making that, uh, wanting to make that move mm-hmm. for Greg Hawkins, Paul Kane, helping to, to make that happen as well. Cause you know, both those guys played a significant role in that, uh, in that, yeah. uh, trend, that, that transition as well. So, Next two seasons, it'll be uh, it'll be fun to cover high school baseball here in the Valley. It's going to be some some great rivalries with Palisades joining the Southwestern League, according to what Nate Porter just told us moments ago, Palisades head baseball coach. All right, 842, Jim along with the Buckeye Boy. Text or call 970-242-1340. Do we have a winner yet for a Triple Play Record Stadium Cinema? We do not. Okay, you want to play it again? Uh, I do, actually. And uh, we're taking the first correct answer for this sports movie. Fans here are going mildly insane as the hero of yesterday's game walks slowly in from the Cardinal bullpen. So, you can deduce from that sound it's a baseball movie. White men can't jump. We've had guests for Remember the Titans, both incorrect. But uh, we appreciate your effort. You know, keeping the ear balls open and always trying. We appreciate that. I will give you this hint that the lead character is played by a former president who shares the name of a different former president. Feel old knowing this. Because <laughs> it's a really old movie. Yes. It's a really old movie. But released before your time? Yes, before I was born. So. All right. So, so. we'll take our guesses on the Chick fil A text line 970 242 1340. First correct answer gets the downtown double play with triple play. And remember, the Titans is not the movie, by the way. No. Close. Football movie. Why, a, why they can't jump? Movie. No. Yeah. But like I said, we, you know what? We appreciate the guess. Wildly incorrect, but sometimes you got to dial it in, right? You know? You throw one to the backstop, yeah. then you find the catcher's mitt the next time around. 
I got the same person that texted a couple of guesses. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying, Jim, is that when your team when your team is weaker, when you're on the floor, and it had like the laughing the laughing emojis, maybe so. Man, yeah, I have I, I got team usually lately. I tell you what, the last couple of weeks of moving, mm-hmm. this team probably has been weaker with me on the floor. To be quite honest, I've been can, very, been tired, yeah. distracted. You can ask my buddy Chris or your cousin Jeremy when half ton of fun bowling team. Usually, I am the weakest link. Goodbye. Yeah. You know. So, yeah, it happens. It does happen. All right, 844. We'll take a break. We'll come back with some four-down territory. Still time to uh, text in your answer for Triple Play Records, Stadium Cinema, 970-242-1340. Touchdown every morning. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Welcome back, 848. Jim along with the Buckeye Boy from the Bozart Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. Still uh, looking for Triple Play Record Stadium Cinema? Yes. You wanna, I, I'll you play the clip again right now. Fans here are going mildly insane as the hero of yesterday's game walks slowly in from the Cardinal bullpen. So it is a baseball movie, obviously. And it is a focus on a very old World Series. It's got a very famous actress from the contemporary time then in the movie, along with a former president as the lead actor, playing a character that shares the name of a different former president. Now, if you go through the, where, what are we at, 46 presidents? I think it's been a long time since school. I don't remember the accounting very well. And you cross-reference those names with names of baseball players. Then movies about those baseball players. So text in your answer now, 970-242-1340. And so this movie came out before I was born. Mm-hmm. So it's been a, it's been a while. It's been a long time. Ruben's on the right track. He said Newt Rockney, All-American, but oh, we got a text, and I'm going to get a name. I believe she she put her name maybe on the text, but uh, we do have a winner, so if you want to hit the Okay. Thing. Outstanding. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the contest. It's another winner on the Team Sports Network. The winning team is the name of the movie. Which is about Grover Cleveland Alexander. Yes. Grover Cleveland. Poor health. He was an alcoholic. But through his wife's faithful efforts, Mm -hmm. he gets a chance for a comeback and redemption. And Ronald Reagan. Yes. Well. Well. And Doris Day. Played his wife. Yes. And you had Russ Tamblin. That if you ever watched the the movie or the TV show Twin Peaks, Russ Tamblin was that. He was also, I believe, in uh, West Side Story, mm-hmm. and so he was one of the other kind of relatively famous actors that was in that film. So Linda correctly identifying the winning team. So congratulations! Came to out nineteen fifty two. By she the way, she gets the downtown double play with triple play. $20 gift certificate to Triple Play Records and a small antipasto salad courtesy of right. I, I like going 
going back, yeah. going deep, made a little hard on the pile. That's good. They're not always going to be a you know slow you know exactly like water boy or slow something you like know that. Fa- you know change up hang you know hanging a change right down the middle kind of thing. No, they're going to be tough sometimes. Going to yep. be going to be a nasty little curveball that you have to try to. Uh, the last figure couple out. were pretty easy. I felt. So this one I went a little bit more difficult. I'm, I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did that. All right. Congratulations to Linda, by the way. And it's time for Four Down Territory. We're into Four Down Territory on the Jim Davis Show on the team. All right. We'll start things out with first down today that the Tennessee Titans could be parting with the king. That veteran NFL reporter Mike Silver published an article for Bally Sports in the article, he discussed the Aaron Rodgers situation. And then toward the end of the story, he mentioned that three notable players were being shipped in trade talks at the NFL Combine. They were Derrick Henry, Jalen Ramsey, and DeAndre Hopkins. So the King could be heading someplace else. That the uh, Henry led the league in carries in three of his last four seasons. 29-year-old rush for 1,538 yards and 13 touchdowns last season. Also got... 33 balls for 398 yards. But he's also had a lot of wear and tear on that body. Oh, yeah. He's gotten a ton of carries the last four years. Also, the John Morant situation over at Shotgun Willies. Mm -hmm. Aptly named today. That... um, The incident took place after Memphis center Steven Adams held a players-only meeting where he warned teammates to improve their focus and behavior during road trips. Apparently, John Morant did not listen to that speech very closely. Apparently not, or at all. Or at all. Quote, there was a players-only meeting recently where Steven Adams, their veteran center, spoke about how the team needs to show better discipline on the road, how they need to stay away from going out while on the road. And from the report, I'm told, the reporter that had this uh, story, I'm told those in the room, when Stephen Adams spoke out, they knew exactly who he was directing this to. It was no other than John Moran. The guy who then went (laughs) to a strip club with a gun on the road and no shirt in February or March? That guy? That's who he was talking about? I believe that's who he was talking about. I don't believe it. What a shocker. Anyway, third and fourth down. It is March. Bracketpalooza is coming up a week from today, and that means that we, uh, in five days, it's Selection Sunday. You know who's the most recent addition to the Selection Sunday show? I do not know. Villanova former head coach. Jay Wright? Jay Wright. It's he a good is, addition. He is immaculately dressed, great hair. He's going to be a good addition to the uh, Selection Sunday broadcast. And then, not as immaculately dressed or as great a hair uh fourth down being added to the broadcast crew in place of reggie miller stan van gundy oh now he is a incredible analyst i love stan van gundy doesn't look nearly as good as jay Wright. no he does not or no it's a two very miller polar opposite guys all yeah yeah. i think stan van gundy's about my height my weight jay wright's (laughs) not either of those things yeah stan van gundy looks like a guy that'd be working maybe retail someplace. Yeah. Stan maybe. Van Gundy looks like he could be Stan Van Gilder. <laughs> he does look that way. A little bit. He does. You know? He does look that way. He's one of my people. 
in more ways than one. Uh, right now, on uh, the mothership, they're debating is Nikola Jokic the runaway NBA MVP. If he wins a third one, you know he would join. There's three other guys that have won three straight MVPs. Do you know? Uh, do you know them by by Kareem. any chance? No. He won three really? straight three straight MVPs. No. Uh, right team, right position, wrong guy. Wilt. Wilt. Uh, two Jordan? more. No. No. No Jordan. Uh, Better hurry up here. Yeah, I I don't know. Larry Bird. Uh, Bill okay. Russell. Hour three coming up next.